Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 12.35 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brennan S. Scott with you in Oilers Now, where guests receive gift certificates to Roost Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, everyone's meals an occasion at Roost Chris Steakhouse. All right, just before we go to Elliot Friedman for NHL Hockey on Rogers and the River Cree Resort and Casino, this text comes in. Here's the range of what we're dealing with right now. Bob, great show you have. Very informative. Well, thank you. With respect to the Oilers, the team will come together. We all need to be patient. The management knows what is required. What is required, They will find the formula. The players know as well. My firm belief is that the team will be successful. Patience is a virtue, and they will prevail. That is a text that has come in, and oh, now i got to find it. There was another one, maybe not so quite um, shall we say Pollyanna-ish for some of you listeners to the show. We're going to go to Brad, who says, no, it wasn't Brad. Was it Ryan? Of the, eh. All right, Ryan, Ryan, not in the dozer. So maybe today he's not in the dozer. Here we go. Bob, I know you won't read my text. See, that's always a great way to, to get a guy to bite. I know you uh, won't read my text, but I'm still going to say it. You guys come on here every day and defend and sugarcoat this embarrassment of an organization. It's crazy that a team has had the best player in the world for six years. It's still trying to figure this out. It's embarrassing, and this team is and has hasn't always been the laughing stock of the league. I pray the day Connor requests a trade out of town. He doesn't deserve this uh, continued incompetence. So here's what I'm going to do, Ryan. I'm going to text, I'm going to tweet out your phone number to everybody in Edmonton so they can see that you're the guy that's cheering for Connor McDavid to get traded out of town. How does that sound? Oh, you can uh, reach us at any time at our Ashley Five Floors text line at 780-496-0063. We bring aboard from NHL Hockey and Rogers, Elliot Friedman. He's our Oilers now headliner for Will Hawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Will Hawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. Elliot, uh, it's interesting because... Rob Tichkowski via Twitter today said, hey, the Oilers are three and six, and they played five of their nine games against the two best teams in Canada. Uh, clearly, there's been some issues exposed with the Oilers to start the season. We know that. Is this a byproduct of the all-Canadian division and the intensities uh, in the compressed schedule in the uh, respective marketplaces? 
Oh, well, look, I, I, I don't know if it's even that simple, even that hard to figure out, uh, Bob. It's like, normally in an 82-game season, a bad start can doom you. We're playing 56 this year, so I think the pressures are even greater. Like, I have a theory, too, that I, I just think that the times we're in, everything's, everyone's stressed out. You know, I, I think that... Um, <laughs> There's a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of people out there who, you know, they they watch hockey as a relief. And if your team isn't good, I don't know, maybe it just adds another layer of stress. And I'm not even trying to joke about it. I think it could actually, I've been talking about this this morning. I think it actually could be real. So, um, you know, I, I, I just think that you're sitting here, you're looking at a 56-game season. You see some separation now, possibly, with Montreal and Toronto. And, you know, with the three-point games, though there haven't been a lot of them in the Canadian division, yeah. it really gives you a cushion if you begin to pull away like those two teams have. And all of a sudden, you're looking at two playoff spots for, what, four teams? It's a... Uh, I understand why. I, I think some of these, like you got to, like Bob, you're there. Okay, I'm I'm sitting here in Toronto. You're there. Yes. You're yep. telling me there's there's no stress inside the Oilers oh, right oh. now. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I'm sure it's there. Yeah. Uh, no, no, there's there's no question that it's uh, where, wherever you go. I mean, look at Vancouver earlier in the week before they played Ottawa. They were 2-5. Oh, and yeah. five. There was consternation. The Calgary Flames had a players-only meeting today after dropping three straight. They lose two yep. close games to the Leafs. Uh, the, the game yesterday in Montreal was not close. They got two no, goals. They, they got blown out there. They got, they blown, got blown out they, there. Yeah, yeah. Is so. Here's the thing. So, can we concede that Montreal and Toronto have the best teams? Well, I think we say that right now. Yeah, and I, I just thought at the beginning of the year they were the deepest teams. Yes, they could. They, they could with. They had enough bodies that they could withstand. Uh, injuries or attrition, and I, I, I'll tell you this: I think that I think Montreal's the best team I've seen. I, I th- and I think they have a, they're one of the best teams in the league. I think they're deep. I think they're confident. Like there were times in their games out in the West Coast where they had chances to fall apart and they didn't. So I would say right now, I think Montreal's the best team. I think Toronto's done. Like I thought when they, Toronto suffered some of the injuries up front. They they have some trouble, and they still haven't figured out some of their positions on their roster, but they're winning, and I think they deserve credit for that. Well, one of the reasons why they're winning is they're 50% on the power play over the course of the last four games. And we yeah. saw, that's part of the reason, Elliot, I put that tweet out earlier today. Edmonton was 7-1-1 and out of the gate last year. Their power play was clicking at 38.5%. Yeah. Uh, and their PK was at ninety percent, and that when you when your special teams are going at that rate, that camouflages some other weaknesses in the lineup. In the Oilers' case, it was depth at forward. Um, so you know it's it, it's interesting. And the, the one thing I will say for ninety nine percent of the listeners of this show, they don't want to see Connor McDavid traded. They wouldn't they, to, to get a texter sit there and suggest that he's looking forward to seeing uh, McDavid making an ask. Uh, I would suggest that guy's. I, I, some people might call him a troll to a show. Uh, maybe he's not an Oilers fan. Maybe he's a fan of another team in Canada. I don't know what to tell you. Or maybe he just hates certain people in the Oilers organization. But there's there's still miles. What are you to- talking? Like what are you talking about here? Yeah, like exactly. 
So there no, you go. I'm, I'm asking you, like, what, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, well, it's just, it's, it's just interesting. It's it, like, to have a guy text into a show in Edmonton on a, on a, a oh, show I, call. I see what you're saying. I yeah, thought you were talking yeah. like someone reported it or something yeah. like that. Well, it's, it's, well, it's, look, it's. I mean, all you had to do was watch, like, like, look, like you guys out there have seen McDavid long enough to know how yes. much he absolutely hates to lose. Like, I know people were making a big deal about his facial expression uh, last night at the in the post-game comments. I mean, I don't know at this point in time why anyone would be surprised by that. When, when you guys lose, he looks miserable. He cannot yes. stand to lose. Um, look, let's just see where everything goes the rest of this year. Oh, we'll see how oh, things okay. finish up. And, you know, <laughs> okay. we'll, uh, like, I mean, like, the thing is, like, like the thing, like, I, like, like, Look, I just think at the end of the day, the guy cannot stand to lose, and that's it. And I and I, and I just, you know, I, I kind of look at it like I just saw people saying, oh, look at his face last night, like this is it. I think that's way too soon. I, I just do. I think you that's think? way too soon. You yeah. think? There was a guy in yeah. Toronto two weeks ago that was talking, or a week and a half ago, the orders were one or th- one and three, and he was on the air, former player, saying, well, he's got to ask for a trade out of there. I mean, just... Uh, it, it's at one and three to start a year. A year after the Oilers had the best winning percentage of the seven Canadian teams during the, the course, albeit of a short year. So uh, I, I do think compressed schedule. Like there's there's lots of things to pinpoint for challenge areas for the Oilers. At some point, they've got to get some other options and goal, Elliot. That's a given. That's yeah. part of the storyline. Yeah. I think the defense here will get better. I, you know, I think that maybe we've under, I certainly under, I'll be honest, I underestimated uh, the loss of Oscar Clefbaum. Um, what, about, what do you think on that issue? Well, I don't know how anybody could have, could have underestimated that. The guy's a hell of a player and he really cares. Like that was a, that was a huge, huge loss from the Oilers. And they, in the moment they realized it, I think that's why it took so long for it to be formally set because I think they were hoping against hope that there would be some way that Clefbaum would be able to play. But, you know, he needed to get healthy and it's a long-term play with him. That's, it's a huge loss. Like, I just think right now, um, like, you know, if you take a look, go back a year before last season started, Bob, um, like a lot of the little moves the Oilers made, um, they turned out really good for you guys. Guys like Archibald came in and they made a nice little difference. Uh, it gave you some depth. Guys like Hawes came in and they, they gave you guys some depth. And, and, and I think those moves really helped you out. Um, you know, I, I think the off season, you know, whatever happened with Markstrom, I, I think you guys really thought you were going to have him. And at the last minute, you didn't get him. And I think it was a little bit of a scramble. And, you know, Barry, unfortunately, hasn't had the impact that they hoped. And to this point, Turris hasn't had the impact they hoped. And, you know, I think those were two guys that they really uh, were counting on to uh, be a big help to the team. I mean, the best thing that's happened to you guys is Pugliarvi. Like, he's come back. He looks like a different person. He looks like a different player. And, and I think that is, you know, Holland's patience and the fact that he didn't uh, trade him, I think that could turn out to be a really beneficial move for this franchise. Unfortunately, however, a couple of the other moves that you guys wanted to make early – they, they uh, you guys made at that time they haven't worked out and you know i gotta tell you and it's you got holes in the lineup because of it i have to say this about koskinen 
Like there isn't a goalie in the league who through the first how many ever games of the season this has been, who was put into a tougher situation than him. And, you know, like I, I just, I find it very hard to criticize the guy. I think he's given you everything he can in a very difficult situation. He's battled. I mean, obviously, you know, there's been good nights, there's been bad nights. But, like, I look at him and I say, if I was a teammate, I would say that guy is giving me every ounce of his body in a situation where it really sucks for us. And I respect that. I, I, I think the guy doesn't deserve any criticism right now. There is one thing different about this year than past years, Elliot. There's no short-term fixes because of the COVID situation and quarantine. It, there yeah. just isn't, is there? It's not like you could just go out there and make a trade and shake it up a bit. Well, look, like, I mean, look, the biggest trade, um, you know, they, they couldn't, like, the, it was made uh, six days ago. It was made, yes, it was made a week ago yesterday, uh, tomorrow morning. A week ago tomorrow morning. Line A just got out of the country today. And Dubois is still sitting in Winnipeg, and the provincial government has said, okay, we'll give you a seven-day quarantine, but the federal government hasn't given them any indication of whether or not that's going to happen as we talk just after 12.30 your time on Friday afternoon. So, like, I mean, you know, like the story I heard with, with Grossnick was you guys actually tried to do him a favor where when after you guys had got him and then Dell went on waivers and you guys uh, made the claim was actually that you guys told him not to cross the border until you knew if if he was if you were if uh, you guys were going to get Dell or not because if Grosna crossed the border it was he'd have to go back and that could be trouble for him, just in terms of all the different quarantines. So, like, you guys actually tried to do Grosnick a favor just to make sure in case he was going back on waivers. Like, that just shows you how incredibly crazy the whole situation is. By the way, speaking of the whole situation, what happened this week with John Tortorella and some comments involving uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois? So, basically what happened was... um, on, uh, so the trade happened, and then on Wednesday, we ran an interview with uh, Christine Simpson and John Tortorella. It was a really good interview, but it upset uh, the agent for uh, Dubois, Pat Brisson. And, you know, I think, I think he feels that, okay, the trade's over, let's go. He's trying to protect his client, which is what he should do. He's simply saying this trade is over and people should stop talking about the players who aren't there anymore. And he brought up that, you know, Paul Maurice isn't talking about Line or Roslovic. He's talking about Dubois. So I think that's what Pat Brisson is saying. He's protecting his client. He's saying, let's move on. I do know, and I didn't realize this until a bit later, I think Dubois was really upset about the radio interview that Tortorella gave on the eve of the season. And I think it contributed even more to some of the just the, the way things went off the rails there. Like I don't think Tortorella was the was the reason that Dubois asked out. I think it was 
a factor, but it was not the factor. Um, I just think, though, that when he did that interview and it really threw it into the public's eyes even more, like a day before the season started, um, I heard Dubois was really upset about that. We're joined right now by Elliot Friedman from NHL Hockey and Rogers for the River Creek Resort and Casino. Elliot, what exactly happened with Jim Rutherford in Pittsburgh? I think in a lot of ways we're still trying to figure that out. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, for me, um, the, the, the crazy thing about it was they, they signed Yannick Weber on Wednesday morning and Rutherford was involved in that. And then an hour before it was publicly announced, they sent a company-wide email around that um, saying that he was leaving, and people were astonished. Like, it caught a lot of people by surprise. Now, if you've seen the interviews with Rutherford, he's talked about how he's, you know, he, it's, it was time. Um, you know, Rutherford has been one of those people, and there's been some stories about it, who has been extremely careful during... Uh, the coronavirus. Um, and, you know, why not? He's in his 70s and it's the responsible thing to do. And I think that added, like we were talking earlier about stress, I think that whole situation added stress to him. Um, I think there was a disagreement on some of the path for the Penguins. Like, for example, um, you know, I think everybody agreed that they want them to compete for the Cup, but there was a disagreement on uh, how to get there. Um, and that was, you know, one of the, one of the issues. Um, and I think that like these conversations sometimes, Bob, it's like a sports radio argument. You have a debate and you don't take it personally. And I think some people in the organization thought, ah, these are just arguments that people have, but it's not that big a deal. And Rutherford was like, you know what? I'm tired. I'm fed up. I'm having these arguments. It's just not for me anymore. And that's one of the theories out there is that he just felt a lot more stressed out about whatever debates and disputes they were having than other people in the Penguins did. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. I think he was burnt out. I think he was tired. And I think he just said, you know, it's it's his time. Elliot, we have original six. That's a nice handle. Texting is saying, ask Elliot if Rutherford left because he was not allowed to trade Chris Letang. You know, I, I got to tell you, I, I've heard, uh, I heard that rumor. Um, I, I've had some people dispute it to me. Like, here's the thing. Like, I would say to Original Six, like, I don't like it when um, somebody reports something and other journalists crap all over them. I, I really don't like it. I've heard that rumor. I've looked into it. Um, I'm not sure that it's true. Uh, if only because the Penguins were actually looking for defense. Like, they're, like, if you look at their roster, they are decimated on the blue line. That's why they, they did, that's why they brought in Weber. Now, if you can convince me that they were going to move Latang's money or move Latang and it was going to allow them to do some other things, okay, maybe I could see that theory. But, I, I, I've had some people dispute that to me. I've had some other people say it could be possible. I just, from a purely logical point of view, why would a team that is devastated on the blue line want to deal with Tang? So until I have some idea of how it makes sense, 
I'm just not there on that theory yet. Northside Sam says, Elliot is right. I was just telling my wife last night that uh, the only thing the Oilers season has brought me so far is more more stress. And that's because uh, Sam, <laughs> Sam's... I'm sorry in, about that, Sam. Like, I hate to see that for you. Well, I, I, I can tell you personally, the worst part about uh, the, the pandemic right now for me is after a loss like that, I can't swing by Pub 1905 and have a belt before I go home. So, oh, uh, I, I, understand, I, I understand that <laughs> feeling. Like, I... I get You've that. been there? You know what? Like, you know, I, just, I know that feeling, yes. Like, hey, like, you know, on Saturday nights after a long broadcast, some of us like to go and have one glass of wine before we go home. <laughs> yes, and, yes. You know, those days are those days are done now, and, um, you know, that's, that's pretty much it. So, like, but I, so I understand that, Sam. I, I get that. And I'll tell you this, like, Bob, you know you're there. If you think the fans are stressed, you know, you know the people inside the organization are stressed. Well, uh, they got to get a turnaround. One final quick one for you. Uh, like, uh, there's some people surprised Montreal's as good as they are. Are you surprised Ottawa's in the position they're at right now? Um, yes, because their first game when they beat Toronto, they looked so sound. Like, you know, they, they really played smart. They played aggressive. Um, somebody compared them to Columbus. It was like trying to go through the Blue Jackets when they have a lead. So you're sitting there and you're thinking, okay, maybe they're not going to be great, but they're going to be smart and solid. And they haven't been that since then. So, yes, I, I'm looking at that. I think I'm I'm pretty surprised. Elliot, great stuff. We always appreciate your insight. Uh, and as you know, lots of passion here. They care. It's awesome. Thanks for your time, man. All right, Bob. Have yourself a great weekend. Oh, we'll try to. 12.55 in Edmonton. When we come back, uh, we'll get to the Oilers Now injury report for James H. Brown. You're listening to Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stopper on 630 Chat. What a handler her next texter has in the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Jay in a foil hat says, Bob, Elliot Friedman let it slip. We all heard it. We're never going back to normal. Those days are gone from Jay in a foil hat. And Jason from Sangudo, who knows how to pick me up some days, says, Bob, there's a Gord Bamford song. Went for one, stayed till two. Is that right? I'll have to ask John Winwick uh, about that, uh, whether or not there's... he actually got a song called Wet for One, Stay Till Two? That's awesome. And it's Canadian, and it's because, you know, two o'clock's last call. Never leave it last call. That's uh, rule number one for professional athletes. Uh, leave before last call. Nothing good happens, uh, basically. It's, it's the the rule of one. Uh, one wife, one house, one car, one piece of jewelry, not the Mr. T starter set that was uh, Herm Edwards' line in the uh, ESPN 30 for 30 broke. And uh, I added one to that, uh, and that was one drink and leave it one uh, if you're at an establishment. All right, off to an Oilers Now injury report for James H. Brown. Injury lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Here's Brendan Escott. <laughs> Chuckling at that. Uh, Thomas Shabbat left Ottawa's game against Vancouver last night for precautionary reasons, according to DJ Smith. So uh, consider him day-to-day ahead of Sunday's showdown with the Oilers at Rogers Place. Bruins forward David Pasternak says he feels ready to return to the Bruins lineup and could, in fact, make his season debut tomorrow night against Washington. He's been recovering from hip surgery. Capitals demand Justin, Sh- uh, yeah, Justin Schultz will be questionable for that game, too. He took a puck to the face last night, and former second overall pick Sam Reinhart evaluated right now for an upper body injury, did not skate with the group today. 
Drysaddle ended up going uh, third in that 2014 draft, as we all know. David Pasternak went 25th. There was a great piece by Fluto Shinazawa in The Athletic today about uh, Boston's drafting of David Pasternak. So, Brendan, I made you laugh twice in a minute is what you're saying. Is that right? Or twice? Yeah. Uh, twice. This, <laughs> did you like that? You got it going today, Bob. I'm, well, I'm impressed. I used to work with a guy uh, who used to tell me that nobody listened to our show. And I, and I would tell him, oh, you feel that way, do you? Well, nobody listens to your show. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to give out your phone number on Twitter and tell people that they can come to you and, uh, and ask for free Oilers tickets and see how we're going to do. And, uh, and ah, that's so funny. So nothing wrong with having a little bit of fun once in a while. Keep it coming. Great passion on the airwaves today. It is uh, 1 o'clock off to a global news weather traffic update with Kevin Robertson. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.